uh, the scripture. Verse 30 and 31. St. John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name or through his name. Um, the thought that the Lord gave me to speak to you from today is, what pushes your faith into action? What pushes your faith, your faith into action? Father, thank you now for your word and thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Lord, speak to our hearts now. We're open to receive your word this day. God, grant a fresh anointing of your spirit that I might minister under your anointing. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for the healing that we have today through your blood. Thank you, Lord. Have your way now. Just be glorified in this place. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. What pushes your faith into action. Or I could ask, what is the motivation for you to have faith? Amen. What is the motivation? Hallelujah. The older I get uh, and the more I reflect in the gospel message and meditate and talk to the Lord, uh, the Lord just continually shows me things. Amen. And I thank the Lord that after 42 years of being in ministry, being a preacher of the gospel, that the Lord still speaks. But more importantly, I'm thankful that I'm open to the Lord speaking. Amen. Amen. I thank God that I, I realize that I don't know everything. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not finished learning. I'm not closed off to revelation and insight in the scriptures. One of the things that the Lord... Uh, was dealing with, with me about this past week and began to minister to me about this past week, uh, dealt with the fact of, as we deal with trying to win people to Christ today, as opposed to what it was in the beginning. And, and the Lord said to me that the Jews were expecting the Messiah. They were expecting the Messiah. So when the Messiah, there were several people that arose and called themselves the Messiah, but they were not the Messiah. But, but yet, you know, they were yet expecting because it had been prophesied, amen, uh, from the prophets of old. Uh, I know at least more than 400 years ago because, because there's a period between the Old and two test, New Testaments of 400 years where uh, there was silence from heaven. God was not speaking to, to the people that they heard. And so beyond then, way back, you know, even from the beginning of time, uh, when you read Genesis and understand Genesis, the Messiah has been prophesied, amen? Jesus, amen, is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And so in, in Jewish in Jewish 
faith and in Jewish history, they were expecting the Messiah, amen, especially during times when, when uh, in, because of their own disobedience, uh, they were taken into exile. They were expecting the prophets prophesied about the coming of the Messiah. And we read this in, in Isaiah and several of the other prophets, but that's different from a generation today that's not expecting a Messiah. You know, and sometimes we wonder why it's so difficult for people to believe that Jesus is the Christ or to give their lives. And then people today are not expecting Jesus. And maybe you don't get that picture, but, but it's different when you're expecting someone. You're looking for him to come. You're looking for that person to come to your house. I call you up and say, I'm coming to visit uh, Thursday at five o'clock. Then you start expecting me to come. That's different from you being at home, not expecting anybody. You know, it's just totally different. And so sometimes as we're ministering to people today, uh, especially in this day and time that we're living in, where people are not expecting Jesus, it's difficult to get them to see why there is a need for the Messiah. And a lot of people go to church because it's right to go to church, but they're not expecting Jesus. You know, they're, they're not expecting the Messiah. They, sometimes in, in quote-unquote our services uh, in, in the church today, uh, if this is not being taught, people don't even know the significance of Messiah. They don't know the meaning of the Christ and, and why he is so important in, in, in life. And, you know, if, if you're doing well in, 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 in society, if you're doing well in this world, then... You know, you may not see the need to spend time praying. It's not significant to, to, to go to church, you know, to, to go to the fellowship of believers because, I mean, you know, what's the use? The people do the same thing all of the time. But there's a difference, amen, for people who do the same thing all of the time who know the Messiah. And that's why I was saying this morning, that song, that old song, I've been singing this song, I learned this song when I was a little boy, oh, how I love Jesus. And every time I sing the song, it means something to me. Amen. It's not just something that I'm doing over and over and over and over again. Amen. It, is, it, it has become significant to me because I understand the need for the Messiah. I understand the need for the Savior in my own personal life. Amen. I understand that I'm born in sin and I'm shaped in iniquity. And in my own sin, I am separated from God. But because God sent Jesus into this world to die on the cross for my sin. Amen. This became a personal thing. Amen. I do not want to go to hell. Amen. Uh, even before going to hell, I don't want a life apart from Christ. Amen. Because he has made the difference in my life. Amen. So it, it has become more and more significant for me to pray every day. Amen. To pray without ceasing. To, to be in the word every day. I mean, you know, and then that makes all of the difference on Sunday morning when I come together with my brothers and sisters because I've been with my Lord all day, every day that I live. Amen. When I literally say all day, every day, I mean that, glory to God, because I've learned to walk with the Lord. Amen. I've learned that I don't have to be on my knees to pray, glory to God. I can be riding up I-77, amen, going 70 miles per hour, talking to the Lord, glory to God. Hallelujah. I can be in the shower, glory to God, taking a bath, talking to the Lord, amen. And it is significant for me. Hallelujah. But when you don't understand that, when you don't understand that when Christ is not significant to you, then some of these things just don't mean anything to you. 
You know, and so you can take Christ to leave him. Uh, amen. You can be up and you can be down. You know, you can be happy. You know, it doesn't matter. So, you know, the Lord just was dealing with me about that in this generation today. Uh, if you remember several months ago, uh, I, I preached a message that was entitled, When God Becomes Irrelevant. Amen. You know, when we get so caught up in our lives uh, that we do what we want to do regardless of what God says, he's become irrelevant to us. And it becomes like, you know, God, I'll pick you up when I need you. But when I don't need you, then I'll just let you stay over to the side. And in and, and a lot of people's lives, God has become irrelevant. You know, he's become like a vacuum cleaner. Amen? He's become like a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Or he's become like a broom. You only use him when you need him or when you think you need him. And that's a sad, sad, sad position to be in. Amen. Because whether you realize it or not, you need the Lord every day. Every day. Every day you live. You need the Lord. Amen. 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 And, and so, you know, as such, I expect the Lord. Amen. I expect the Lord to move. Amen. I expect the Lord to speak. Glory to God. Amen. Le yesterday, I was like, you know, up and down all day long in bed most of the day, you know, trying to take something to, to work through everything that my sinuses were doing. Amen. And, 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 and I literally did think, you know, you, you don't have to preach tomorrow. You got ministers and elders. But then, no. Amen. No, no, no. no. God didn't call me to preach to lay up in the bed unless I just can't help myself, you know, unless I'm too sick to get up. Amen. He's given me an assignment. Amen. So I expected that when I showed up this morning that God was going to be with me. Me. Hallelujah. I expected that when I stood to, to preach today that the Spirit of God was going to rise up and take me beyond what my physical body was feeling. Glory to God. Amen. So that I can minister to you today. Amen. I expect the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I expect the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. To heal my body. I expect the Lord to be the strength of my life. I expect the Lord to be my strength. Glory to God. I expect the joy of the Lord to lift me up out of any state that I may find myself in. If I begin to get down and depressed, I expect God. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. If you don't expect God, then he may just not show up in your situation. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's like, you know, you don't know you have faith until you use it. You can talk about faith all day long. But you have to be put in a situation where you use your faith. Hallelujah. And, and, and so, you know, when we have to be very careful as believers that, that we maintain that expectation of the Lord in our lives. Amen. Amen. That we, explain, that we maintain that vibrancy of faith in our lives. You know, and listening to our, our young people talk this morning about just unplugging for a couple of days and beginning to hear God. You know, some of us are so plugged in to the world. You know, some of us don't know what it's like to turn the television off. Amen. So that we can spend the day in quiet time and listen to the Lord. Some of us don't know what it's like to unplug from family and friends and spend some quiet time 
with the Lord. You know, we just don't know because we're always plugged in. And, 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 and then we wonder why our lives are so uh, wired and, you know, we, we're bouncing off the wall. You know, we're, we're here, we're there. We can't settle down because we're not learning how to unplug and do what Jesus did. Get away and be quiet. Be quiet. Be quiet. Be still and know that I am God. Mm, I've learned the meaning of that scripture many times in my life. I've had to step back. Sometimes you get, you, get, you get all caught up in the situation and you want to say something. You want to do something, you know? And, 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 and you for, if you're not careful, you forget that vengeance is mine, said the Lord. I will repay. And God will say, be still. Shut your mouth. Settle down. Sit down. Because I, and know that I am the Lord. I will be exalted among the heathens, among the nations. And you know, when we look at America today and we look at what's happening, we can get so caught up, you know, and so upset and so angry about politics and so angry about what's going on. And we want to march and we want to do this and we want to make sure our our voices are heard. But we have to be led by the Lord to know when to make sure our voices are heard and when to march because otherwise we need to be still and know that God is the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, I don't know how all that ties into what the Lord gave me to say today, but hallelujah. Amen. I thank God for showing up this morning. Amen. Yeah. So, God began to show me that difference between people who expect, who, ex- who are expecting him uh, and expecting those people who were expecting him as opposed to us who are trying to convince people of their need for a Messiah. Amen. Amen. And, and we must share this gospel message. Amen. We must share this gospel regardless of whether people want to hear it or not. We have to be obedient to God. Amen. And, and you know, I'm, I'm just getting more and more stirred in my spirit about preaching to the same people all over and over and over again. That means that you all need to be preaching this gospel. Amen. You need to be going in the hedges and highways. As I, as the Lord gives me to pour into you every Sunday, you need to be taking this message and going out and preaching to those in the streets, to those that you come in contact with, to those on your job. You know, stop being ashamed and afraid to share Christ with people on your job. They need Christ. Your own family needs Jesus. Amen. Rather than fuss and talk about Jesus, share Christ. Amen. Share Christ with those that do not know him. Amen. So there's still a need today for people to know Christ. There are things that, are people, that people are going through in, the, in their lives that the things of this world cannot satisfy. Amen. Now people won't be honest with you. But some people have tried everything they know to try and they still are not satisfied. Amen. Is there anybody in here today who can say, I'm satisfied in Jesus? I am satisfied. Amen. I don't worry about having a whole lot more money. I thank God. If he gives it to me, that's fine. You can go out and win the lottery. I'm still going to be happier than you. Because I have more than what money can buy. 
Hallelujah. The Lord promised to supply all my need. All my need. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. His riches never run out. Never. You can win the lottery if you don't know how to manage the money. It'll be gone in a couple of years. Or you can invest it in the stock market and the stock market can crash. And now all you have is gone, but Jesus will never crash. Are you understanding me? Amen. And I've learned, amen, I've learned, as Paul said, I've learned that whatever state I am in, I've learned to be content. Glory to God. Amen. So even when I go on the mission field, things may not work the way I think they ought to work, but I understand that I'm on God's mission. So if it's not working the way my mind thinks it ought to work, as long as God is satisfied. Amen. Hallelujah. Then I am satisfied. Amen. I can come home in peace because I've done what the Lord has told me to do. Amen. So we, 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 there's a need to share Christ. There, there's still a need to share Christ. And, 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 and the Lord has called each one of us to this work of evangelism and discipleship. Every one of us, he's called us. Every believer, every believer, he's called each one of us, even the, the teenagers and the children who've accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord, God has called you to this work of, this, of evangelism and discipleship. Amen. We have been called to share this gospel message, amen, this good news with people that don't know Jesus as their Savior and their Lord. We cannot get away from that. There's no way. There is no excuse for us not doing what God has called us to do. Amen. 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 Uh, there is no excuse at all. And nobody in Tabernacle of Praise should say, I don't know what to say. Amen. Because the only way you don't know what to say is that you just don't pay attention when you come. Amen. Or you refuse to come and be taught. Amen. That's the only way. Amen. So he's called each one of us to this ministry. When you accepted Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, you became his disciple. Amen. Not just a Christian, not just a member of the church. You became his disciple. You, you may not have been a mature disciple, but you became the Lord's disciple, which meant then that you gave yourself to learn about Jesus, to learn his way, to learn his will, to learn his teaching. Amen. When you accepted him, that's what that actually meant. You were not just becoming a member of the church so that when you go to hell, when, um, excuse me, so, I don't know if that was a slip of the tongue or what. <laughs> so that when you die, you would have a place to be buried, a church to have somebody preach over you when you die. Amen. You can go to heaven. You accepted Jesus to become his disciple. I want us to get that. I want us to understand that. Because if you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you should be doing what Jesus did. Amen. Amen. This is not just for me to do. Amen. This is not just for the ministers and the elders and a few people who, who catch the vision, but it's for every believer. Amen. And not just in Tabernacle of Praise. Amen. Every believer around the world. But we've missed this discipleship piece. And everything we want to do, we want to do it. Most of us, we want to do it within the confines of the sanctuary. But a disciple of Jesus is, is following Jesus, is learning of Jesus, and doing the things, applying to their lives, and mimicking or reproducing the things that they've seen Jesus do in their lives. You're still growing. You're going to grow every day. 
Amen. If you give yourself to the Lord, you will grow in him. I'm not talking about physical growth. I'm talking about spiritual growth. You will grow spiritually in, as you give yourself to the Lord. Amen. Amen. You will grow as his disciple. Amen. Uh, and, so, and, and you'll learn his message. And through his message, as you hear his message, your life is being transformed. Amen. Amen. Your life has been changed, so you come to the Lord one way, but as you stay with the Lord, the Lord will transform your life. He wants to trans, He wants to change your life. There is no way for you to walk with the Lord, for you to be in the Word of God, to be a serious student of Jesus, amen, learning of Him, learning His character, learning His ways, and your life not be transformed. He will transform your life. He will transform the way you think. He will transform the way you act. He will transform your, the, 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 the way you live. Every, this is what he wants to do. And as I was reflecting on this, I realized that the greatest motivation for sharing the gospel, the greatest motivation for sharing the gospel message is not that we've been commanded to share it. And yes, we've been commanded to share it. But the greatest motivation for doing what God told us to do, amen, is the belief that we embrace. It is the faith that we embrace, all right? The belief, the faith that Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. That is the greatest motivation. It's the greatest motivation for sharing the gospel message. But you say, I believe and I'm not motivated. Mm. Huh. Well, let's talk about that just a little bit. You see, this is, yes, it's foundational. It's foundational that Jesus is the Christ. It's foundational to our faith that he is the son of God. And John is a theologian. John starts the book off. How does John start the book off? In the beginning was the word, the Logos, the eternal Logos. The word was with God and the word was God. He comes to chapter 20 and verse 30. And he says, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So I've written my book. I've written this whole discourse so that you might believe. Now, when you go through John and you read John, you'll see what John is saying right here. Amen. You'll see that he's writing so that you'll believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Ooh. That he is the Christ, that he is the Son of God. This is critical. And this is what motivates us, that he is the anointed one that he is the Messiah, that he is the one that has been sent to seek and to save those who are lost, that he is actually the only one who can save you from your sins, that he is the only one, and that he is God in flesh, God represented through his son, 
Amen. That he is the son of God. Now, the scribes and Pharisees said that Jesus was being blasphemous when he called himself the son of God. But he's saying here, I've written this so that I might give you proof, that I might give you evidence that you may believe that he's not only the Messiah, the Savior, but he's also the son of God. Now, when you read it, it doesn't, it doesn't tell you about verb tense and what have you. But what he actually says here is that I've written these things that you might keep on believing, that you might continue to believe. So, so yes, for some of us, from the evangelistic standpoint, we want to preach Jesus so that people will believe, but from the from the, from the faith side, from the believer side, it is important that you keep on believing. Why is it important you keep on believing? Because you're going to go through some stuff in your life. You're going to have some personal trials. You're going to have some personal failings, some personal shortcomings. You're going to go through warfare. There's going to be times when it seems like God is not there. There's going to be times when it seems like these things must be fairy tales. But I've written so you will keep on believing. In the midst of what you go through in life, you have to keep on believing. How many people in here have ever said, I ever asked the question, God, do you hear me? I asked the question, God, is God real? I'm talking about people who've accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord. How many of us in here today who've done things because we didn't realize or we, we had, we had kind of lost faith in the midst of what we were going through in life and then we engaged ourselves in things that we knew did not glorify God? Because we had stopped believing. Something had happened in the translation. We're wondering, God, why am I going through this? God, if you're real, why are you allowing this to happen in my life? But I've written these things so that you will keep on believing. When you keep on believing, you will push through whatever comes against you in life. When you keep on believing, trials and tribulations may come, but because you're believing, you keep on believing. See, this is why it's important to come to Bible study because you find out what's behind what's written in the book. That's why it's so important that you study so you, you can see that, you know, when you study the scriptures, <laughs> so it's written in English and sometimes when you go back to the original context there's more to it than what we read so if you don't know verb tense and the word that they use in the tense of the verb you will miss that so then my faith is a continual thing my faith has to be active uh, I write, I've written these things so that your faith remains active your faith doesn't lie dormant so, so then, I've written these things so that you, you'll see the urgency of spending time in the presence of the Lord so that you don't get distracted by the things of life because it's so easy today to get distracted. Some of you are distracted right now. Amen. I, I, I've sat in church and I've been distracted. You know, I like to tell my mind, come back. Mm, come back. You know, rerun. I'm studying. My mind goes somewhere where it shouldn't go. Come back. Amen. Because I got to get this thing. Amen. It's so easy to be distracted. We are a microwave generation. Amen. There are many people in here today who do not take time to cook a meal every day. 
We would rather go to McDonald's. Well, you don't have to cook every day, but at least cook enough to put it in the freezer and then pull it out, you know, when you get ready to eat. Amen. But, but that's not the way this generation is wired. I remember when Kentucky Fried Chicken, when I first ate Kentucky Fried Chicken, I thought that was the best chicken in the world. <laughs> but mama and daddy had enough common sense not to take us to Kentucky Fried Chicken and McDonald's every day. But how many children today are raised on fast foods? Because we use excuse, excuse me, I don't mean, I ain't talking about nobody, I'm just talking about everybody. We use excuse, we don't have time. And it's a product of the times that we live in. It is. The more we want, the more we give ourselves to those things that we want. Amen. And now, uh, there are some places I can't go with this. I pray that you will go some places with this because there are some places I went with this, then a whole lot of y'all will be totally upset with me. So I don't want you to be totally upset with me or God, but, but I want you to take this somewhere, all right? I want you to begin to apply this to situations and circumstances because we've gotten ourselves in situations that we didn't have to be in because of what we wanted. Amen. Because of what we wanted. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Not because we needed it, because of what we wanted. When God says, I will supply all your need, that my God will supply all your need, how do you spell need? I think some of us spell it D-E-S-I-R-E. Do you get that? God said, I will supply all your need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Do you believe God will do what he said? But we get in trouble when we misinterpret N-E-E-D for D-E-S-I-R-E. And then we get distracted. I looked in my closet this morning and I said, I need to get rid of some of this stuff. Some of this stuff. Part of it is because a lot of my pants are baggy and, you know, wide leg and we don't wear that anymore. I said, what is that saying to me? It's saying to me, I kind of want to be up to date. But that's not a need to be up to date. To be up to date means I'm trying to please who's looking at me. So then if I'm not careful, I'll waste money that I don't need to waste going buying up-to-date clothes trying to please people who don't care what I wear anyway. Or it doesn't matter because you talk about me, that's okay, you ain't going to talk to my face. You come to me and tell me, Bishop, you need to buy some new clothes. Just, just, I'll buy anything you want me to buy. Just give me the money. But according to my budget, I cannot afford to do that. And according to what I want to do for the kingdom, are you hearing me? Amen. I want to be able to go. I want to be able to preach. I want to be able to be unhindered by the things of this world. Yeah, we get distracted by all this stuff. Distracted. And then we can't do we, we make the excuse, we can't do what God wants us to do. And we may not say we can't do what God wants us to do. We just say we can't do that because we don't have time. 
And so we raise our children on a, in a fast food, on a fast food diet, on a fast food life. And then we expect them to grow up and wait on the Lord. They're not going to wait on God, just like you don't wait on God. You've not taught them patience. How many of you remember when mom and dad used to take us to church? I will take y'all. Your mom and dad took you to church. I hope he did. You do, do you realize, young people, listen to me. We didn't have video games and iPads to keep us entertained in church. Let me tell you what would happen if we, if we acted up in church. Mama would look. She didn't have to say anything. She would look. If you didn't straighten up, do you know what the next thing was? Grab you up by your hand. If she didn't whip you in front of the congregation. You see, old people didn't care about DSS. And they didn't care about embarrassing you. Sometimes the best thing to do is embarrass you. Lord have mercy. I remember my, my brother, oldest brother got into a fight and my daddy went out there where he was and started whipping him right there where he was and whipped him again when he got home. And now you worry about hurting your children's feelings. You better hurt their behind. Amen. Amen. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to bruise them up. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I know I'm on social media, but I tell you the truth is the light. Amen. We've gotten connected with these folks that believe if you whip your child, you're going to mess him up mentally. If you don't love your child, you'll mess him up mentally. If you don't spend time with your child, you will mess him up mentally. Amen. If you don't embrace your children and let them know that there's somebody, you will mess him up mentally. But when your children misbehave, a spanking will not mess them up mentally. Now, we got to do all of this stuff to keep our children entertained. And you didn't sleep in church. Lord, have mercy. Uh, anyhow. So, so we, need to, we need to be able to, to continue, continue to believe that Jesus is the Christ. And there's so many things that's working against us. This is why the Lord knew that we were coming in this generation, that we will be so distracted and then we will be questioning him as to whether he is the Messiah. We will be like John's disciples. Are you the one or should we look for, for another? <coughs> Excuse me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So saints, it's critical that in this growth process that you don't allow your faith to become stagnant. Keep on believing. Keep on doing what it takes to believe that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. There is salvation in no other. No other name has been given among men whereby we must be saved. Nobody else. Jesus, Jesus was careful to make sure that his disciples knew who he was. Yeah, yeah, he was very careful. Okay? And he did this through teaching them. Amen? Uh, as they walked with him. You know, as they lived with him. You know, and saints, Jesus can live in your house. 
He wants to live in your house. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you. But you got to give him space. You have to give him space. Amen. You have to make sure. Look at me. You have to make sure that, that Jesus has opportunity in your life, in your home, on your job. You know, which means you keeping yourself available to him. Show up on Monday morning in prayer. Show up on Tuesday morning in Bible study. Not here at the church, but in your own house. Amen? When you're laying in your bed, before you get up, before you go to work, show up! Show the Lord that you want to be in his presence. Come home tomorrow and turn the television off at least for an hour and get in the word of God. So Jesus made sure to his disciples. You remember when Jesus asked Peter, he said, asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they answered him, some say you're uh, Elijah, some say you want to prophet. But Jesus said, who do you, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Here we go again, the Christ, the son of the living God. John said, I've written these things that you might continue to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, the son of the living God. He is who he says he is. But Jesus said to Peter, so he said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. But my father, who is in heaven, what has God revealed to you? You know what I found out about Revelation? You got to be quiet. You got to be paying attention to the Lord. You know, you got to be available to him or you'll miss God. You'll miss revelation. You'll miss what God wants to pour out in your life. When you are so busy, when you are so distracted, when everybody else has your attention, you know, you know that God is one among many. He's one among many for us. For many of us. He competing with your wife. He competing with your children. He competing with your husband. He competing with your friends. He competing with your job. He competing with, 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 with Netflix. He's comp- competing with Hulu. He's competing with, 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 with Facebook. He's competing with Twitter. He's competing with everything. Then you show up on Sunday like you're doing God a favor. <sighs> so keep your faith vibrant. Make sure, oh, I, I, I love the scripture that says that we're to sanctify God in our hearts. Make sure that God is special and that he knows he's special. <sighs> anyway. And, and, you know, this thing about believing, when, when Jesus asked the question, who do you say that I am? You know, you can't keep on basing your faith on what somebody else told you. I thank God for my mother and father to raise us in the church and raise us to pray and raise us to know God. But there came a time when I needed to know for myself. Thank God for my Sunday school teacher. When I was a little boy, and I remember her well. Some of you won't bring your children to Sunday school so that the teacher can impact them. 
excuse me, so that they will know the teacher. I remember this old lady. She was our Sunday school superintendent, and we would go, and she would teach us. I'm 60, almost 65 years old, and I remember I can see this lady's face right now because she impacted our lives. And we opened the door today for Sunday school. You know, many churches don't do Sunday school anymore because we need to we need to satisfy the people and we need to mind people's time because people don't have a whole lot of time for God. See what we've gotten to? So if I preach an hour, thank the Lord for those who stay and listen. So, so we need to know him. We need to know him for ourselves. You know, uh, I, I can't be living today on mama's faith. Mm-mm, I needed to have my own faith, amen? And, not, and I started learning my own way when I was in college. Amen. I started learning to depend on God for myself when I was in college. And God put me in situations where I had to trust him more when I was in college and went away to school and seminary. There were times when I didn't have money in my pocket. Times when I was hungry, but I refused to call home. Why? Because there are six other children behind me. And my daddy raised me to be independent. He didn't raise me to, to, to be a mama's boy and, and, and look for him to take care of me. Try to know him. And, and we have to raise our children so that they know Christ for themselves. And anybody else who comes to Christ, that we lead to Christ, we don't want them dependent on us. We want them dependent on God so that they have the personal relationship with the Lord. So science is very critical. I'm, 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 I'm going to rush on from this point. It's very critical, amen, for, 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 it was very critical for them to continue in the, to believe in the one that they were following as it is for us today. To continue, it's very critical to continue, amen, to continue to believe. Continue to believe. That's what changed their lives. They continued to believe. They had met the Lord but they continue to believe in him. And as you study history, you know how important that was. Amen, amen. And, and this is, as you continue to believe, if you really believe, you can't keep this message to yourself. As you continue to believe, because continuing to believe means that you're growing means that this message is becoming more and more real to you. Amen. You, you know that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know that he's the Messiah. You know that he died for your sins. You know that he's your daily strength. You know that he's your daily power. You know that without him you are nothing. You're continuing to believe. And you see his hand at work in your life every day. Every day. You see the Lord's hand at work in your life. And it'll push you. This is why I said this is what the the faith that you embrace and continue to embrace is the greatest motivation that you share this faith. So I wonder sometimes what's motivating people? What what, what is it about your motivation? You say you believe that Jesus is Lord, but you've never led anybody to know him. (laughs) 
You've never witnessed to anybody. There's no way that you can know Jesus to really know him and never share your faith. There's no way that you can really know Jesus and agree with some of the doctrines and the philosophies and teachings of our time. Do you realize that the reason there are so many people who are, who are agreeable to so many alternative lifestyles is because they don't know Christ. Now, now when you know Christ and you know his way and you know his will, then, then there are things that you just can't agree to. Even if you're doing wrong, you know it's wrong. You know it's wrong and you don't agree to it. Oh, Lord have mercy. Particular church just voted the other day not to. Maybe I shouldn't say this. Well, maybe you read the article. And I applaud the church leaders for their stance in the gospel of Jesus Christ, in the word. Because the Bible says, God says, I am God. I change not. I do not change. I don't change. So God's way has not been updated <laughs> to satisfy people in, in the 21st century. It's not been updated. Mm -mm -mm. You can't update God's way. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. His word does not change. So, so you know, whew, Lord have mercy. That you might continue. You say, well, I can see what people are saying. Can you see what God is saying? That's the question. That's the question. Can you see what God is saying? Because sometimes in your own life, all of us have not, don't have the same kind of sins, but all of us have sinned. Sometimes even in your own life, you wonder, God, why do I have to deal with this thing? You know, God, why can't I just do what I want to do and live like I want to live? You can do that. You can do that. But you won't be following Christ. You have a right to do that. You have a right to live like you want to live. That's your right. You're created in the image and likeness of God. You are a free moral being, but there are consequences. There are consequences. You know, and so when you really know him, <coughs> excuse me, hallelujah. And, and, and the reason that lies what somebody said transformed. Mm, 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 mm. Somebody said transformed. When you come to Jesus, your life has to be transformed. It's a, it's, a, it's a daily ongoing process for some people through some stuff that they go through. It takes longer than others, but it's still transformation that takes place. So he says, I've written these things. Or these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. It is Jesus who is the Christ, the Son of God, who transforms your life. And he goes on to say, and that believing and that continuing to believe you may have life in his name. Ooh. 
He's not talking about physical life here. He's talking about spiritual life. <clears throat> For the person who's been born of the Spirit of Almighty God, he gives you life. So what life does he give you? He does not give you your mama's life. He does not give you your daddy's life. He gives you his life. Embracing the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ gives you life through his name. Now, when you look up the word name, that phrase, through his name or in his name, it is saying now you have life by his character and by his authority. So now then the life that the Lord gives me is according to his character. Is according to his character. So how am I to know what his character is like? Well, I can sit under the preacher and I can learn a whole lot if I pay attention. But that's once a week, maybe twice a week if you're if you're industrious enough to come out uh, to Bible study on Wednesday nights or Tuesday night or whenever your church has Bible study. If you're that industrious and your schedule permits you. But for most of us. We need, all of us, we need to be in the word every day. So then I discover what his character is like. First thing I discover about him is he's holy. Whew. He's holy. And I need to look up what holiness means. And I look at myself and see that I'm unholy. Lord, I say things I shouldn't say. I think things. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Because some of us are good about not doing stuff, but you don't know what's going on through that mind. Think things I shouldn't think. Do things I shouldn't do. Say things I shouldn't say. I got an attitude that I shouldn't have. That's not like your character, Lord. But once you fill me with your presence and, you, and I allow you to live your life out in me and through me, your character becomes my character. And that old man passes away and all things become new. So I have life now. He transforms my very being to be like him. We want to harp on the love of God. Yes, God is love. Whoa. But let's deal with the mercy of God, uh, the justice of God. Let's deal with the wrath of God. You know? Because don't just hop to one side of God. Know his character. Jesus said that you might have life through his character by his authority. Ooh, Lord, have mercy. So my life is now transformed by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. By his mighty power operating in my life. Amen. So I don't simply know him, but now his life has been infused into me and I live my life out by him. You know what? And because of his authority, whatever my past has been, the devil can't bring it up to me and say, oh, you can't do this. Because this is what you were, this is what you did. No, 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 no. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I can preach this gospel. 
I can preach this gospel. I can witness to people. So you know the old me. This is the new me. Uh, the lady wrote this song about, uh, 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 I wish I could remember her name. She talked about going out with an old friend, you know, and then after they, you know, after you go out to dinner, man buy your dinner, you know, that's why you have to be careful with folk buying your stuff and you ain't married to them. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Hey, glory to the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. These days, folks start buying your stuff. Amen. They want some payment. Hallelujah. Mm. Lord have mercy. Tell the truth and shame the devil. Amen. Sometimes we don't tell enough truth in the church. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah. <coughs> You washing that man's clothes and he ain't married to you. You're going you to have to pay up after a while. Praise the name of Jesus. Who tell you? You tell young people. Our young people need to know how to date. Glory to God. You're dating the wrong way. Don't be, you know, old folk wouldn't, you, you know, you couldn't buy girls too many expensive gifts because the mama would say, if you take too much, too many expensive things, they're going to want something else. Old people had common sense. Amen. They may not have had all the education since, but they had a whole lot of common sense. I know we live in a different day and time, but it's time for us to move back to God. When is God's character going to start being lived out even through our young people? Sometimes it's hard for God's character to be lived out through the young people because the adults have set such a bad example. Don't want to call wrong right. You don't want to call wrong wrong. Stop, stop this stuff about people in the church can't tell me something because all of them did wrong. You mean tell me the doctor can't tell you you got cancer because he got it too? Stop this foolishness. The important thing is, here, listen, the important thing is that you will keep on believing that Jesus is the Christ and that you might have life through his name. Life. He wanted his disciples to have this transformed life that only would come through receiving Jesus and allowing his character to be infused in you by the Holy Ghost. And then you walk out your life in the power and the authority that he's given to you. What's your motivation? What's pushing you to share your faith? You know, if you don't know that you have life by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, then when you do get ready to share your faith, the devil will tell you, you can't say that because you are not living that all of the time. Oh, you did something last night. The devil will say, you did something last night. You don't even need to be in church, praising the Lord. Sit down. But your life that you have is by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and the most important thing, saints, it's just not about us coming to church and praising God. We've got to embrace the fact that he's called us to be his disciples. That means we have to evangelize. We have to make disciples. We have to. Of Jesus, the Christ the son 
of the living God. We've got to embrace this. That it's not just two or three of us going, two or three of us talking, but it's 100% of us who've claimed Jesus as Savior and Lord. That it's 100% of us that are convinced that he is the Christ. Amen. That we're continuing to believe in the midst of struggles, in the midst of trials, in the midst of tribulations. That we're continuing to believe even when it seems like God is not moving. That we continue to believe. Amen. And that we know that we have life through him, through his name. My life is not my own. It belongs to Jesus. The life I live according to the flesh, I live by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So then, I push beyond how I feel in the flesh because that's a greater power that's living in me. I push beyond what I may be dealing with because there's a greater power that liveth, that's living in me. I push beyond my emotions because there's a greater power that's living inside of me. And I yield to him so that he can be glorified and he can use me to spread this gospel message and use me to lead other people to know him as Savior and Lord. Have I always done that? No. But the more I grow in him, the more I know what I should do, the more I yield to him. So how do we get to the point that there's 100% of us, that there's 100% of us who embrace the calling to be Jesus' disciple and to share this faith to others that we come in contact with. How many of us are really convinced that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that his way is right? You're going you're gonna to meet people that's going to tell you, no, that's old-fashioned, you know. We're living in the 21st century. Just like the, the New Testament superseded the Old Testament, which is not the truth. But, but we don't live under that Bible anymore. It's outdated. The message of the scripture is outdated. How many of us are convinced? No, it's not outdated. It's not outdated. It is still the truth. Continue to believe and continue to have life through Jesus Christ. So my faith then is not just about coming to church on Sunday. My faith is how I live every day. How I live every day. Let's stand.